Hello and welcome to another episode of Charles Weekly Party. I'm Charles, your host, and before we get started with what's going to be a slightly interesting episode today, let's roll the intro. All right. In opening today, um, I want to say that it's been, for me, a very busy week. Um, unfortunately, this podcast isn't the only thing I do all week, so there are a lot of lot of things that need to be taken care of. And because it's been as busy as it has been, I haven't really gotten a chance to do a lot of research on things. However, I have been keeping up to date with some of the major technology things that have happened this week. So today is going to be a, what I like to call tech episode. So architecture is going to be taking a little bit of a vacation because I just haven't had the time to do the proper research on that. I haven't had the time to get a proper night's sleep. So that, that's not the only thing that's getting cut out of my life this week. And I'm definitely looking forward to talking about something interesting next week. Anyway, there are a few different things I'd like to talk about today. And they're all pretty, pretty big. And I hate to say it, but as much as we like to be ignorant about um, technology and blissful, oh, technology is wonderful, technology does this, that, next thing. At the same time, because we are so dependent on technology, when it doesn't work, we run into really big problems. But today, um, I have to report on a few things. First, not, and not necessarily, the mo- they're not in any particular order, so we're just going to go in the order I have them written down in. First thing is that Twitch leaked. And when I say Twitch leaked, I'm not talking about um, a couple things that they had in the resource leaked or uh, some of their data got leaked. The entire thing got leaked. And that is a pretty big reach on many levels, although ironically, there were um, hacking tools or uh, penetration testing tools and whatnot, basically tools to prevent a breach that were discovered in the data leak, which we can now tell seem not to have worked well. So that's one of those interesting little things to uh, think about. Also in there is earning statements. And this one has sort of varied results on it. So earning statements were part of the data breach and what's now available to anyone. And because of the earning statements, People are now aware that some of the um, folks that they've been watching on Twitch aren't just members of, aren't, what's the best way to put it? 
aren't just people uh, doing it for kicks and giggles, but are actually making uh, millions of dollars which has sort of blown the perspective on some of that for some people. Because you, you imagine going thinking, oh, that person does streaming in their uh, spare time or for fun, and then finding out they earn a lot of money from doing it. And so, some people have varied reactions on that, uh, depending on um, personal uh, opinions and ethics and whatnot. But hey, every, just remember, everyone has to uh, pay the bills. And I think the piece I saw for the, uh, someone posted the top 100 Twitch creators. Um, a number of them make over a million dollars a year. Below that, um, after that um, hunt, first top 100 is, is uh, pretty much, it, it all goes down from there, I guess is the best way to put it. So, it's a pretty big problem for Twitch because that means all of the things, all of their um, intellectual property is now available to anyone. And I can say right now, anyone who runs a video streaming service will be looking at the contents and closely because their goal is going to be to see what Twitch had, what made it good, what didn't make it good, and of course taking the good things that Twitch had and engineering them into their current solutions. So we can pretty much leave that where it is on how bad it is. Well, actually, no, it gets worse. A secret project also got leaked as part of this, um, codenamed Vapor. Twitch had a, it was working on a competitor to the Steam store for um, games. And we'll just say that the surprise factor on that is... Um, well, no longer a surprise. The, the, so the surprise party is, it's basically the person knows about the surprise party that's about to happen. Oops. And later on in the week, I'll just note out on a more comedic note, someone placed Jeff Bezos' face on some of the game backgrounds. And there, there's... I think it goes without saying that the two are correlated in one way or another. So obviously if your whole, um, if everything about how your platform works is leaked, well, that makes it just a little bit easier to get in and wreak a little bit of havoc. So I guess that's a little bit more of a playful thing that someone can do since everything else is already been made available to anyone and everyone. So I, my thoughts on this are just, it really shows how important cybersecurity is. And um, stay, stay tuned in future uh, episodes because I do have 
I'm planning on having someone in who is a little bit more experienced with um, cybersecurity and more knowledgeable about it. So we'll see. Oh. Uh, future food for thought. But the long and short of all of that is we are incredibly dependent on cybersecurity working well. And I guess the best way to put it is if you are a business, you need to keep an eye on your cybersecurity because Twitch isn't a small thing. Twitch is owned by Amazon. That doing a breach at that scale is incredible. And the fact that it happened to one of the biggest companies on the planet just shows how dedicated some people are to breaking into these resources, but also shows just how important it is for everyone to keep a close eye on their cybersecurity. Because if, um, if someone high on the food chain can get broken into, that means if you are farther down, it is significantly easier for you to get, um, for you to run into issues. So now that I've talked about how important cybersecurity is, I think I think we need to uh, start talking about how important internal management is of uh, technology resources and how some bad decisions can become really big problems. And this particularly came to light this week with Facebook. They had a bad week before Tuesday came into play. And I, I know we always talk about how bad our Mondays are, but for Facebook, this wasn't just a bad Monday. This was a disastrous Monday. And the first piece about it was that, the or the obvious part, was the severe outage that happened. And what ended up happening was basically for, um, to explain this to someone who isn't as familiar with technology, I'll, I'll do both. So if you do know your tech, I'll, um, I'll start off by telling the people who do know about their tech and then I'll make it translate it for those of you who aren't necessarily as knowledgeable about how all of the, uh, how the internet works, basically. So the DNS records that are for Facebook um, basically got misdirected. And what that means is that imagine you're told about Imagine you're told that some you look through a phone book. I know I'll ancient there, but for analogy's sake, let's just say you're looking through a phone book to try and find 
where the um, telephone company is. And the telephone company mistyped their address and phone number. And that phone book is your only resource to find out where the phone company is. All right, that's basically what happened. So Facebook, when Facebook hosts their own DNS servers, which means when they botched, or I don't know exactly how it got botched, they haven't released details on that. But when it got botched, anything that tried to access Facebook got told by their, uh, got told by their DNS servers, oh, go here. And if you go over to where it tells you to go, it doesn't exist because it, it's like telling you to go to 55 any, any street when um, any street doesn't exist. And you get to where it should be and you say, hmm, I see a field. This says that there's a road there. I guess something messed up. So without getting the um, proper record, you have no clue how to get there. And that's basically how the internet works because your friendly names um, such as um, anchor.fm slash Charles Weekly Part T. You see that. Your computer does the hard work of when you type that, when you type that URL in so you can um, access all of the uh, fun stuff for Charles Weekly Part T. When you type that in, it go, your computer asks um, someone else basically how to turn that phrase into numbers it can work with. And from there, it, says, it finds out, okay, this, anchor.fm slash Charles Weekly Parti equals uh, one, two, three, four. And I know that's not perfectly technical, but then I'm running a, a simplified thing here. And once the computer knows it's one, two, three, four, it communicates with one, two, three, four to pull up the web page and the buttons to be able to send messages or support the podcast. And that's how all of that works with a lot of other steps. But once again, I'm keeping it basic. Now, the huge problem is, and why I use the specific example with the telephone book, Facebook owns their DNS servers, which means the thing saying to go here or go there, the place where all of those records are stored is what got really messed up. So... Basically, it made, because everything for Facebook is owned by Facebook, if you needed to access anything involving Facebook, so Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus, and internal tools, including Facebook's access control, 
you need those servers to be working properly. And when you have an in-house mistake like that, well, there's no other way. It's like asking uh, your friend who also, or asking another telephone company who makes a phone book for that first phone company's number. And they say, well, we don't have that. They only put that in their phone book. And that's exactly what happened here. Now, I mentioned that Facebook's access control was among the affected um, tools. And that did not help the situation at all. Because in order to access some of the facilities where, in order to try and fix the problem, the whole keycard system, which when it's working is absolutely phenomenal for uh, making, making your life a lot easier with respect to uh, keys and access because you don't need to pull, hand people metal keys to hold onto or, and hopefully not lose, or if they become disgruntled and keep keys or something like that, causing you to have to rekey the locks. It's, it's easier to use access control and it also, and unlike a physical lock, it will tell you when it's used. However, the problem with that is that access control is computer-based, which means if the computer running the, um, basically the computer that tells the door to open or close isn't available, well, the door isn't going to open because the computer can't instruct the door to be opened. So with that tool down, Employee, some employees weren't even able to get to where they needed to be to be able to work or, especially in the case of the data centers, get into the data centers to the appropriate areas to fix the problem, which actually ended up needing to be done. And I can't say that that's a common occurrence with um, data centers because it really isn't. Most of the work that happens with keeping the uh, with keeping the computers that run the internet up and running, um, all of that is generally managed remotely with on-site maintenance to make sure that if a computer decides to stop working, they coordinate with the people um, controlling all the data to be able to shift usage off of that to be able to make the replacements. All that fun stuff. But when you need the people to go into the data center, your access control isn't working, and you have to figure out which, which pieces are um, ones that are busted, having all of those tools down really makes for a bad day. So if you want to know why it took hours to fix, that's why. Because, and, and for anyone who thought that their life was all terrible for not being able to access Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp during the day, which I guess people were really desperate for because um, other social media platforms such as Twitter got a significantly large bump in users, which caused um, their services to run more slowly because they were not expecting that amount of people.
So all things considered, um, yeah, you thought you were having a bad day. There, there were many people who during that whole outage had a lot of work and running around to do and basically brick walls around every corner of the maze to try to have to break down to get further on. So also in negative impacts on that, um, one of the things that, well, is a little bit more controversial is that Mark Zuckerberg himself lost billions of dollars and lost enough to actually go from being the fourth richest person in the world to the fifth, switching positions with Bill Gates. And a lot of people don't think that's bad. However, while Zuckerberg lost a lot of money, the reason for that money loss was because that money was in the form of Facebook stocks, which when you're dealing with an outage and a whistleblower, which I'll talk about in a little bit, when you're dealing with those, when you're dealing with an outage and a whistleblower, which I'll talk about in a little bit, your shareholders usually aren't as thrilled and enough of them will sell off stock. So when the price tanks like that, there are people who lose their who lose quite a bit of money. So while Mark Zuckerberg may have been the one who lost the most from the issue, he's not the only one who lost some money in it. And if your next door neighbor had Facebook stock, you lost some money or she lost some money. Everything that, it's a scaled issue, so depending on who has what depends on, really determines how big the problem was. But it goes without saying that um, it's, an, it's another adverse reaction of technology not working the way it's supposed to. And that whole disaster was an internal error. That wasn't involving anyone external. So you want to see how a simple mistake can um, affect billions of people? This is how you do it. Now, I mentioned a whistleblower. Former Facebook employee is accusing Facebook of putting profits before people which personally I um, believe without um, second doubt. And the things that she has cited is that the algorithm that decides who sees what could really be changed to be a little bit nicer in the sense of what it shows people to try and be less divisive and less um, misinformative. And I guess the long and short of that is uh, what you see on Facebook is controlled by an algorithm because if you saw every single thing from every single one of your friends in the order that was posted, you may have things that don't necessarily interest you popping up before things that 
do interest you. And as much as it might be nice to scroll Facebook all day, most of us have other things to do and we want to maximize the value. Also, if it becomes torturous to go through all of that stuff before we hit the um, air quote good stuff, that's a that becomes its own separate issue. But re regardless of that, the other um, piece that's being cited is the study of mental health on teens using the service. Um, if you remember a few episodes back, or I think more than a few episodes back, in, um, Facebook was working on something called Instagram Kids to try and make a kid-friendly version of Instagram. But the problem with that is that, as, as I cited, you can't really make uh, money off of it because you can't, there are federal laws that prevent you from, or as a company, getting data from um, children under the age of 13. It would be a very challenging thing. And now the problem that is being looked at is how use of the service affects teens and um, significantly more so um, uh, female teenagers with um, body image issues. So having a social media platform reducing uh, self-confidence isn't necessarily the thing you need at a time when your self-confidence is already pretty, um, already sort of up in the air. So the big question here is how badly does, um, how do we fix the issue, I guess is the best way to put it. While Facebook can make changes to their algorithm, the Instagram issue is a significantly more challenging one to deal with. Because Facebook could technically decide that anyone under the age could categorize things so that only um, people under a certain age would be able to see certain things. And once you get over the age of 18, then you can see um, everything that Instagram has to offer. The problem is that's all um, done by asking you when your birthday is. And it doesn't take much uh, thought to figure out that, well, if you put in an incorrect year, maybe you type your year off by a couple or by enough years to somehow boost you over the age that you need to be to use the service, then all of a sudden you are granted magical access to it. And I'm not going to uh, lie, I've done that before. Before I turned 13, I um, incorrectly identified my birthday to create a uh, simple email. And I use that I use that pretty responsibly, but there are, but even though I 
I used the other services. I never used um, Instagram or other social media sites as much while I was in uh, middle or high school. In fact, it was senior year of my high school career that I really started um, doing things with social media. And even then, it wasn't a lot. To this day, I have a one hour time limit on my social media apps. And I have, over the course of having the device that I've had that limit on, I have maybe seen the, you've reached your time limit three times over the past few years. However, that is not the case for a lot of other people. I've, I've talked with quite a few um, friends and family who spend more than that hour on various social media apps themselves. And of course, setting limits, we'll always try and find a way around it. So there's, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that there are many numerous issues involving that. For some people, social media is addicting and okay, it can be fun to try and uh, scroll through things to see what there is to be seen. But at the same time, I think it really reflects on um, some, of, some of our societal issues. I think we're spending too much time on our screens. And I know COVID is still a thing, but we shouldn't be as reliant as we are on social media for staying connected. For all of the things that you can do on a social media application in the space of an hour. I've heard it before, people said, oh, I lost an hour, scroll I spent a whole hour uh, just scrolling through Instagram. My, Insta my Instagram time is fairly limited. I look at that if I'm a little bit bored, maybe before bed or sitting on the can. That's my, so that's my social media time. And realistically, if you're spending an hour on social media, you can do a lot of things in that one hour. You can even give people a, uh, you can give someone a phone call or a uh, FaceTime or a Zoom. And you can have, you can do something worthwhile. It, imagine how much time and how, or how much fun you can have. Maybe co coordinating with uh, different friends and family. Say, oh, instead of spending an hour on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter today, I'm going to spend an hour talking with, talking with someone I know, catching up. Maybe I haven't talked to someone in a month or maybe I haven't talked to someone in a year. You can spend the hour talking with them. And as we get further along in life, we know more people. I'm sure every single person has someone who they absolutely enjoy spending an hour talking with. 
I have people that I've spent hours talking with and had a blast. And you know what? For me, social media does not provide that same level. And I think it goes, with, it goes without saying, actually, no, I think it needs to be said because people are spending this extraordinary amount of time on social media. So I'm sorry to all the social media companies and I know I post about our uh, latest episodes, so definitely follow us on that. But in that piece, you can use it to stay up to date with the people that you're with the people or um, companies or enterprises that you want to follow most. But the things you can do with all of that extra time, hour, you could take you could take a, a walk. Right now it's getting into the fall season, maybe the trees are changing. Instead of taking your uh, phone and uh, swiping through people's stories, take your phone, put it into airplane mode, and go take a, uh, take a walk surrounded by uh, nature and whatnot, and take pictures of all the things you see. I, I can't begin to say all of the fun things you can do in an hour. For an hour, maybe you take a, uh, maybe you go out, or go, there's a place that you've always wanted to visit. Heck, you could take, you can take more than an hour. Use your Instagram time or your social media time from three or four days and just do something you haven't done before. There are plenty of experiences to be had and there are plenty of free experiences to be had. So instead of wasting a lot of time on social media, and I'd argue that if I go over uh, the times that I've gone over that time limit, I've been simply wasting time. There was one time when I was uh, watching something on, I think watching a couple of clips on Instagram TV and just enjoying that. That was one of the few times I went over and it was beneficial because I was actually sitting doing stuff and enjoying um watching the, having the clips there back to back while I got things done. But that, it, it's something that I think we should all take into account. So my suggestion is to set yourself a time limit on social media and stick to it. If you have a really hard time breaking away from social media, uh, and maybe maybe for you it's not an hour. I'm not saying go cold turkey on social media, fall, or fall off the face of the planet. I know it's I do know it's a useful tool to be able to connect with people that you haven't seen, you can't see face to face as much. Heaven knows there are a lot of people I I use it to uh, keep up with. But keep that keep healthy boundaries on it. So maybe maybe for someone it's. Uh, three hours of social media time per day that they limit it at. Although, personally, I think that's pretty high. All you need to do is cap yourself and stick to it. And I think if 
if you spend the hour that you might have normally spent on social media just talking with someone, that's a lot more fun. I, I mean, a uh, couple weeks back, I was, or I was got, I got in touch with one of my uh, friends from high school, and we talked for three hours. And you know what? I had more fun in that three hours talking than I ever could have using all of, or any and all of my social media accounts combined, if I distributed that time evenly or not. Yeah, there, there are a lot of things that you can do on, on your time rather than just watching uh, social media. And my thing is just explore it. What's the worst? What's the worst that could happen? You spent take take the next week from now until the next episode. Take that time to spend quality time with your friends. Look at uh, if you use an Apple device, you have Screen Time. Use that tool if you have one. If you have an Apple device, use your Screen Time to look at how long you've spent on social media for the past week. Right now, take that time um, and use it. Or take that time and spend that same amount of time this upcoming week and do something interesting. All right, maybe maybe look through your uh, well, look through your contacts list, and when you see a name of someone who you haven't talked to in a while and you'd appreciate catching up with. Reach out to them, say, hey, can you talk for an hour this week? More often than not, the answer is gonna be yes. And trust me, I plan on uh, getting that done as well, though it's, it's gonna be a busy week for me coming up again, but one way or another, spend quality time with other people. We don't, we don't need to uh, necessarily rely on um, social media to do that. Too many of us view social media as something that we need to stay connected instead of a tool to stay connected. And that became extraordinarily apparent on Monday of last week. So, my, that's just, that's my timeless message, I guess. Spend time with the people you love. And I can guarantee you there's someone in your contacts list who you'd happily spend an hour talking with. Now, before I close off today, um, I do have one more thing I'd like to talk about, which is the hack on Cineverse. So Cineverse routes um, SMS or text messages, and they've been subjected to a five-year hack, and I think this is important enough to talk about. The five-year hack takes just a little bit of not um, being able to closely see something, or depending on how discreet the hack was, you may not have been able to easily see something. So that that's a uh, pretty big oops. Now, 
What the scope is of this is yet to be known because um, Cineverse routes um, text messages. So the images you text back and forth or um, what do you call it? The messages you send back and forth. And I don't know what companies they do and don't work with. So it's quite possible that some of your texts are backed up somewhere. And my, my uh, more uh, cybersecurity-based reminder on this is to be more cautious on what you do. All right? Almost anything digitally can be hacked. And in the cybersecurity realm, you don't go by, oh, something can be hacked. You think about everything in terms of it will be hacked. How long can we push that off? So, so uh, extra food for thought that pretty much anything digital, any, yeah, well, anything digital is only as strong as its weakest link. It's like a chain. You can have um, big enough ch a chain um, with thick enough, um, with strength enough to be able to lift up, uh, what do you call it, lift up a uh, tractor trailer. But if that strong chain is connected by a plastic um, coupling, that truck no matter how strong that chain is when that if that plastic coupling can't handle the weight it's going to break and it's not going to work and everything is the exact same here that's going to do it for today if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes also if you go to anchor.fm slash charles weekly you can see all the previous episodes that I've released, as well as being able to send a message to the podcast, and you can also support it. Plus, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave a review. And if you want, you can view the action on YouTube. So my party for the week is just... Be mindful of everything you're doing digitally and spend some time this week with someone. Maybe you don't, maybe if you spend seven hours a week on social media, maybe not just drastic cold turkey it, but maybe this upcoming week you find a friend, spend an hour talking. We all have those friends. Talk with them. But they'll appreciate it and you'll appreciate it. That's going to do it for today. Take care and roll the outro.